Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to the NXT 2.0. Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Dudley Boys of What Culture, Michael Hambler and Michael Sidgwick, here to review everything that happened on last night's episode of NXT 2.0. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review NXT 2.0, but also Mininarial, uh, SmackDown, AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, pay-per-views, we have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week, complete with a quiz, of course, on wrestle culture, as I said, they're joined by Hamlet Zidwick to review NXT from last night. First of all, gents, thank you so much for taking care of things whilst I've been off for the past couple of days. It's quite all right. Um, this show was so terrible that I just want to get into a decent mood, set a little bit of a banter tone, and play Two Truths and a Lie. Okay, because uh, we missed it last week, and I've remembered that I want to make this halfway interesting. Well, this is what I was going to say was. I've realized watching this show that as good as Dynamite has been, obviously, and as overhyped as SmackDown can be, NXT 2.0 is the most must-see wrestling TV of the week. <laughs> I had one week off and I had no bloody idea what was going on on half this show. Well, instead of two truths and a lie, we'll play two lies and a truth. Okay. <laughs> Which of the following didn't happen on last week's show? Mm. Now, you'll have seen grizzled young veterans and then you bit, then you thing. If you I like. got very excited for a split second. Well, it, it started last week, Wilborn. But how? A, the grizzled young veterans spot MSK sorting out a deal for their quote-unquote supplies, but because MSK are, you know, morons with memory issues, they leave their wad of cash on a park bench and grizzled young veterans steal it and scamper off. And Zach Gibson says to... See the guy's name? James Drake. James Drake. Look, it's going to be a lot harder in the ring than it is stealing money off these Muppets but the key to victory is distraction, right? So A, B, grizzled young veterans realize that Cameron Grimes has left his smartphone on which he's building his new app. Remember that? Yeah. And they've realized, this, this numpty's left his credit card details on his, <laughs> on his Google Pay. And they bought loads of stuff. And again, the, the theme is... um. It's easy to distract these numpties, but Imperium, it's going to be a little bit harder. Right. Or, or C, they're out and about, and one of them's starving for some scran. So they decide, right, okay, well, we can do two things here. We can distract the Uber Eats driver and steal right. scran, but that'll also train us how to distract our opponents in the ring. I was doing quite well that I went Scottish. <laughs> so, Wilborn, A, B, or C? 
One of those things happened. One of those things happened, two of them didn't. Oh, God. Uh, I'm going to go with... <laughs> I'm going to go with A, purely because... I believe B is feasible, but that also requires the writers to remember something that didn't happen the previous week. So I'm going to go with A, uh, the MSK of idiots leaving money on benches. The correct answer is C, unfortunately. Are you joking me? He lost the game. They distracted an Uber Eats driver and they stole his scran with the idea being that if you can distract an Uber Eats driver... You can distract the referee and get an advantage in a tag team match. Now, as I was saying last week, I know that they already can distract referees and do heel tag team stuff because they're the former NXT UK tag team champions, which incidentally I had to check on Wikipedia. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah... Why has this suddenly come about? That's my only other question. Because they're, they're, they're considered to be boring. Yeah. Yeah. Who's ever said Zach Gibson's great at a promo, eh? And, and like to a lesser extent, it goes back to like, pick anyone you want, but like Shane Douglas was one that came to mind. Oh, you're a teacher for five minutes, are you, pal? Ah, Dean Douglas. Uh, he's Scouse. Hubcaps, is it? Ah, right. Okay. <laughs> Well, I'm going to need your help as we go through this show because stuff happened and I thought, did I miss one week or a month of television? And I remembered it was NXT. So, yeah, well, one week is effectively one month in in their booking cycles. We started this show with Dexter Loomis versus Tony the Angelo. Why? Last week, uh, Tony D'Angelo interrupted... Well, it's I'm hesitant to call it a promo, but he interrupted. Who did he? Did he give the, the tuna steak to Dexter Lima, Cedric? If I remember that correctly, um, which was what happens is, I think a couple of weeks ago, Tony the Angel cuts one of these promos where he talks about like four different people at once. Yeah, I remember him saying um, he could beat all these schmucks. Basically, I'm pretty sure Dexter Lumis was one of them. And yeah. then to further build on that point, he gave. Indy Hartwell last week, a big dead fish. Indy Hartwell. The idea that you're going to be sleeping with the fish is capiche. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad that they followed through on the sleeping with the fish and stuff. Um, but yeah, so this just happened. No explanation for, for casual viewers such as myself. It just was like, welcome to the show. It's a mobster guy versus a murderer. Well, let's go. And they wonder why this show is stuck at around half a million viewers or whatever it is. Um, uh, Tony comes out first, then Dexter Loomis is there, uh, and he reveals a drawing of Tony D'Angelo sleeping with the vicious. Huh? Huh? Uh, And he's defending the honour, as you say, of of Indy Hartwell. Um, And he did that by losing to Tony (laughs) D'Angelo. Basically, you know, early on, Tony D'Angelo, he uses his smarts. He uses his smarts to outsmart the schmuck, okay? Uh, But Dexter Loomis overpowers him, chucks him about, beats him up a load. Um, D'Angelo fights back with a nice belly-to-belly uh, and takes Dex Lewis down and then starts jaw-jacking with the schmucks in the crowd. Huh? Okay? And then turns around, obviously, Dex Lewis starts battering him again, sends him to the corner, send, Tony gets on the apron, uh, Dexter goes after him, but then he drops Dexter against the ropes Tony bails to the outside, grabs the uh, grabs the easel, huh? Grab the easel, I chuck it in the ring. You know why? Because I uh, I got that high IQ. Referee grabs the easel, takes it out whilst he distracts himself with getting rid of this bloody easel. He uh, he pokes, takes loops in the eye, and hits his finisher. How about your thoughts? Not many, because there wasn't much to think about here, was there? What I think nobody has really realised, myself included, and this is a bit of an indictment on poor old Dexter Loomis, is Nobody has particularly cried for the plight of Dexter Loomis in the same way that they have for, say, a Kyle O'Reilly. Oh, Christ. NXT hasn't been kind to Kyle O'Reilly. This changeover has not really helped him here. He is stuck with Von Wagner. Dexter Loomis is in that Kyle O'Reilly column, but just nobody really noticed because he was kind of a daft character to begin with. He was a 2.0 character that lived on the old NXT. But unfortunately, because he's part of the old NXT, he's considered that, even though his gimmick is way more 2.0 than it ever was CWC. But unfortunately, the die's cast. And he was there to lose this very 2.0 match. This very new character that we're big on beats the other guy 
with nowhere near enough time to expose. Well, I, was, I would say nowhere near enough time to expose the limitations of the new guy. Tony D'Angelo was pretty fucking limited. So maybe there wasn't enough time. I don't know. The red velo at this time of year kind of makes him look like one of those um, supermarket Santa Claus that's had a beer. <laughs> it's like torn the beard off and started fighting about what wage he's getting. Um, so I'm not sure if red's the right colour for him at the moment. Um, but yeah, this, this wasn't great. Uh, but ultimately, all of the, the thing with these characters is, and there's more of this to come later, and there's been more every week, is that you do have to get them in the ring in the end, and they don't ever think about that until the bell literally rings. Like, it's, it's that great um, Family Guy scene where you get a montage of them becoming a band and getting their instruments out, and they finally get the first gig, and then, like, one, two, three, four. Oh, my God, we haven't learned any songs. Nobody <laughs> <laughs> knows how to play anything, and the crowd just turns on them straight away. That's what's happening with every single one of these new wrestlers. They are not thinking about the ramifications of what they've done until the fucking bell rings. This was a great match, dot, 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 to review because it was it requires no thought or analysis or insight on my part. What's happened is that the guy who's getting pushed is the heel. So the heel cheats once, fails. Babyface, who the kind of halfway want to look decent, gets a comeback. Babyface cheats again, uh, heel cheats again, this time a little bit more successfully to his ultimate success in the match. This is a WWF superstars early raw formula that uh, isn't, in my case at least, getting watched through the isn't aren't all these colors pretty <laughs> prism of like a six, seven, eight year old kid. So. I don't know why I should be watching this at 36. I don't know why the core audience watches this at 62. Have you not seen enough of this stuff yet? Nah? Great. Don't have to say anything about this one. Move on. I love the idea that all these horror movies, the solution was simply poke the bad guy in the, or poke the, poke the, the killer in the eye. Oh, I never thought of that. Poke Michael Myers in the eye. Job done. <laughs> Sorry, Jason. Poke in the eye. Anyway, post-match outcomes uh, NXT North American champion Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams. They jumped Dexter Lewis from behind and, uh, well, very briefly we see Tony D'Angelo look and go, hey, uh, that looks like a new problem, pal, and just gets out of there, basically. Uh, beat him up, hit a code breaker on him, take him down, and then they uh, put Dexter Lewis's hand in a chair, pilmanize it, break Dexter Lewis's hand, basically, uh, and before Gargano and any officials can do anything, they scarper out of the ring. When we come back from the break, Gargano's in the ring cutting a promo on Carmelo Hayes. He says he made things personal. He first wanted to prove simply he was the better wrestler and take that title off him. But now he's angry. He's screwed with his family. And now he's going to kick Carmelo Hayes' teeth down his throat. Out comes Blue Dude, who says, you can't weasel your way to a bloody title shot. I pinned him last week. But... Uh, Gargano says, um, he only did that because of my help. I have no idea what they're talking about. I assume there was some sort of triple threat or something going on. Regardless, Dunn says, don't need your help, thanks, mate. Um, but uh, Carmelo Hayes and Trip Williams appear on the, well, what can only be described as the William Regal platform, uh, looking down over the ring. And uh, Trick says, hey, hey, uh, Tony, don't you think uh, Snow White's uh, missing two dwarves over here? I just wanted to say that in his accent, basically. Um, he said, I Drew, he says, you make me sick. I was like, where's this come from, Trick? Regardless, uh, Dud says, who are you? I don't know who you are, so I just, why don't you piss off? Uh, and Gargano <laughs> says, hey, I don't know who's this guy. He's the, uh, he's the guy who carries Carmelo's bags. How you doing? Uh it's, I'm all over the place. I'm still a bit delirious with you. Johnny Gargano, Noah Mori. Pete Dunn says, I'm, a good, I'm same age as you, but I've got 10 years more experience and I've got to win over you. Um, yeah, Carmelo says, oh, well, why don't we have a bloody triple threat next week, shall we? And he goes to do the whole, you know, don't miss Mellow, Mellow, don't miss, whatever it's called. Um, but Gargano cuts him off, says, you've only been here six months. I've been here five years. I'm the real can't miss in the ring. And uh, next week, three of us in the ring for that North American Championship. Well, you don't want to miss that, Michael Sidgwick. Yeah, it'll be like 12 minutes of uh, spot. <laughs> that executed really well because two of the guys, they're all really talented. Two of them, you know, used to be amongst the best wrestlers in the world at one point. Um 
Uh, yes, it's just a bit rubbish, wasn't it? Just a load of bloody rubbish. What do you make of them uh, breaking Dexter Loomis's hand pamphlet? Um, <laughs> He's not going to be able to finger Indy Hartwell, is he? <laughs> Johnny Gargano took his fucking time, didn't he? Was he in the uh, Was he in the Daily's Place toilets when the attack started or something? Like nobody's going to come out there and do that to my son-in-law, apart from what you already just did. Because I've sat and watched a lot of it. Like who? Like Gargano's line is a little bit further on than that. Like I think mine would be for a member of my family. But you know, it is what it is. <laughs> Um, why did uh, why why is this? I was, was going to say why is this match happening, but it's because it's NXT. It's because it's WWE. Why would Carmelo take this match? He's hugely disadvantaged himself, and they didn't even do much in the way of the uh, you know when the baby face is being like, "Well, if you've got any balls," and then the heels like, "It's only talking about my balls." Like, uh, <laughs> someone called me a bitch. <laughs> yeah, was, like, where was that? Balls, bitch. Huh? <laughs> Did somebody care to say I couldn't shag somebody on this sex festival of a wrestling show? Like, uh, a cock works, huh? <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know why he took the match, but he did because it's convenient. Um, we watched it. Well, I certainly am finding myself increasingly with them. Um, we talked about this on the Raw review. When it comes to Kevin Owens, everything he does, even if he's putting his back into it, I'm watching through this lens of. Yeah, you're wrapping up, aren't you? Like, I can't buy you as a big E's really going to feel like a bigger star when he puts over the guy that is blatantly fucking leaving to somewhere he wants to go. Yeah. Like, I'm starting to increasingly feel that about Johnny Gargano, which makes me then look at Pete Dunne and get in his head and be like, oh, Pete, what have you done? You, uh, you should have taken the fucking deal, brother, but you got three more years of this. <laughs> Carmelo wins, and I, won't, I couldn't possibly care about the kayfabe implications of that. Yeah you'll maybe get a Trick Williams match with whoever he screws out of inevitably hitting their finisher before getting dragged out of the ring so Carmelo can nick, it, nick one, basically. Um, one of the few highlights of this show, Malcolm Bivens is backstage. He's flanked by all of Diamond Mine who are, are warming up and he talks about them being a dominant unit. They're a team, they're not individuals. Uh, here comes Joe Gacy. Um, I need my update on what an earth he was doing last week, if anything. And he says, oh, I really like it when people unite under a common bond. And, uh, uh, and he says about Roderick Strong, you've got a responsibility here to grant new opportunities. And Bivin says, hey, if you want to join Diamond Mine, there's a tryout next week. It costs $837.50. No refunds, no exchanges. And uh, Gacy just smirks at him and takes his business card and thanks them for their generosity. More weird bollocks here, Hamlet. Yeah, they're um, going to turn a double cage into Joe Gacy's safe space. He's joining Diamond Mine for, <laughs> for War Games, isn't he? And they're going to make loads of references to the fact that this man doesn't... He abhors war. And if anything, if there was a protest, he'd attend an anti-war one. But he'll he'll do this, and they'll just get lost in the word soup, and then Harland will appear at the side of the cage and be the difference maker on the night or something like that. Joe Gacy's going into fucking War Games. Jesus Christ. I've got no interest in the storyline at all. My take on War Games is that they're going to do some kind of uh, the established guard of NXT are going to team against the new generation who are all oh, a bit Like Bron Breaker and Champa said things along this line. Um, Gargano and Champa had that. We're looking at each other basically the other week. So they're probably going to team with each other and Breaker and Carmelo Hayes could be the first two on the docket for the I don't I don't care I don't care about any of this. Well, if you if you're wondering what this could do, just look at the career of Kevin Thorne following that ECW bollocks. So you know, there we go. Well, what, what dramatic things that's going to do? Uh, okay, we get a vignette from L. A. Knight. Uh, he just talks about not needing these riches. He's a megastar no matter what. He chucks his watch off and all this bollocks. He says you can label him 2.0, 1.0. It doesn't matter. Uh, he came here to be NXT champion. He hasn't done it yet. And that's all because of bloody Grayson Waller titting about thinking he could host Halloween Havoc. What does he have to do to Grayson? Beat him up and then he can TikTok or Instagram about it later. What's all this? So Grayson Waller's now a social media star in this situation. Have I missed this? Uh, yeah, you'll probably see it later. So he's gone from adrenaline junkie to Golden Gloves boxing champion, and now his, his new gimmick is an influencer. Like this show is absolutely, it has no right to be as boring as it is when you list the things that happen on it, and yet the actual felt experience is so drab. He was a shagger as well. Yes, he, he was, was a shagger. Yeah. He was. Um, I love the subtext, by the way. <laughs> 
the people that are making this show getting LA Knight to cut a promo, tacitly burying Triple H's presentation of him. I don't need no stupid jacket or no stupid rich guy gimmick. I don't need this fluff and damage. I'm going to fight the Instagram influencer. They've <laughs> <laughs> got 50 gimmicks that are like original LA Knight turned up to a million and then they're having him cut a promo and say, I'm not about that life anymore. I'm a wrestler. Can we skip ahead to something very quickly while I check something and lashing out with Lash Legend? Oh, yeah. There wasn't just some, like, projected stuff um, at the direction of friggin' Triple H. There was certain, uh, like, shots fired at AEW Dynamite because Grayson Waller was instructed to say... It isn't about wins and losses anymore. It's all about how many likes you get. And uh, I'm looking at NXT's page, and I get more likes per tweet on average than they do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the story, he also said uh, later on in this uh, brilliant uh, Lashing Out with Lash Legend show again, uh, that uh, the story of DIY journeymen working in small towns and achieving their boyhood dream, dead. It's not about how many stars you get. Yeah, it's how many likes and follows. And this is my game now. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm better than all the guys who actually, you know, have worked the towns because I've been on reality TV. <laughs> make any, I like Cedric's right about this war games thing, by the way. And none of it makes any fucking sense. Not a lick. Because like, like Champa's out later on. I know we're jumping all over the shop. Champa's out later on and he's referencing that as well. He's kind of alluding to it, isn't he? He's like, you know, there's people in this business that all they wanted was a handshake and a hot dog. Two weeks earlier, he's like, hey guys, you ready for Halloween Havoc? I got a pumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> this show is all over the bloody place. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Well, let's continue. Uh, with jacket time, with jacket, did jacket time have a match last week? Yeah, they lost. They lost. <laughs> <laughs> so it was uh, jacket time and the brilliant Odyssey Jones versus Diamond it's Mine. Like the circumstances of their loss were born because me and Cedric have spent two different episodes, both a review and a preview, trying to unpick this. They lost to a match which they were seemingly booked in to target one or both of them to cruiserweight champion Roderick Strong, right? Yeah. And they lost that match, so it's like, well, neither of them are going to get a shot. But don't worry, because Ozzy Jones is here, and he's too big to fight for that title. <laughs> so it was impossible to discern the purpose. So, yeah, we get Diamond Mine, Creed Brothers and, and Roddy Strong versus Jacket, Kushida and Ikamanjiro and Ozzy Jones. Um, Jiro and Strong start off, and, and Strong shoves him down and winds up Odyssey Jones chopping him in the corner. Odyssey Jones comes in and then Strong immediately obviously tags out, tags in. I think it was Julius Creed. Uh, eventually, Kushida comes in, runs wild, takes down Strong, 
takes down Brutus, hands, handstand springboard back elbow to uh, Julius, but then strong attacks him to take us to the break. And uh, it's when we come back, it's Diamond Mine in control. They're working over Ricky Mangiro, but he finally escapes and he makes the tag, the hot tag to Odyssey Jones. And it all breaks down. Everyone piles in. Roddy Strong hits an Olympic slam on Odyssey Jones, which to be fair, did look great, but the pin gets broken up. And then a strong is isolated. He effectively gets triple teamed whilst Bivins argues with the referee. And Odyssey Jones hits a sort of splash crossbody on Roderick Strong. And yeah, Sidgwick pins the cruiserweight champion. Uh, I don't know what to say. I mean, there were glimpses in this match where I thought, oh, she looks great. And then at the back of my head, I'm thinking, yeah, you seem to do much better in New Japan Pro Wrestling. So don't give this a pass. <laughs> it's like muscle memory Kushida doing his spot stuff that because it's Kushida often looks quite good but there's I'll never remember this match in a million freaking years I legitimately resent when they give me pro wrestling on this show because I know <laughs> it I know it wants to be anything but completely passable forgettable action leading to some destination that makes zero sense than even some of the things on this show God, it sucks it's going to piss me off now I'm in a bad way to begin with it's a repeated complaint we've had about how the creeds get increasingly less dangerous by the week. And that's been yeah. a shame to watch. This was, this bucked the trend slightly, but only because like, it felt as if Brutus and Jiro specifically, had maybe had a bit of an argument in the PC that week. And Brutus was, I'm sure he wasn't. And it's just how it looked, but there was that one slam he did where just like Jiro landed really awfully. And then Brutus did this knee drop and he looked like he forgot to pull it. Like he just smashed him clean in the face with it. And like, you just, I see stuff like that and I don't think, wow, I'm really into the uh, protection story of this match. I'm thinking, is he owed him money or something? Like, is he <laughs> 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 incredibly green? <laughs> is he getting injured because he shouldn't be on TV yet? A right, couple of spots like that, but it's, I don't know, it wasn't necessarily the damage that once came with the exhilaration of the, uh, the presentation of the Creed. No, exactly. You'd expect Creed to wrestle with, you know, with arms wide open, and yet sometimes they're just <laughs> bit, bit dangerous, aren't they? Hey, admit it. Admit it. You've missed me. Come on. So that, entire, sure aspect that, analysis, huh? that entire analysis I just gave was my sacrifice, was it? Is that what you're saying? It was indeed, yeah. Things? We've already done this, and guess what? It was my idea. So I can't, <laughs> I can't, bury, can't bury it because I've been daft enough to do Creed jokes as well. This was the bit, so I'm watching this again, sort of like quarter seven in the morning, still fairly hazy from the, the last couple of days of just fever dreams of Hangman Page winning the world title, etc. cetera. Um, glad that I missed out on that review, by the way. I'll probably try and recap that on the uh, preview for Dynamite. But anyway, so the grizzled young veterans pop up and for a split second, they've got belts on their shoulders and I go, oh, they beat Imperium last week. Why did no one tell me? And then I went, wait a second, those don't like, they don't look like the tag belts. Oh, yeah, they're the women's tag belts. I forgot they've got women's tag team belts on their next team for a while. Um, and they're FaceTiming Gibson's grandma for some reason to be like, hey, look at these titles we've got. And, uh, and he talks about getting a lion's share of the inheritance. And then there's a board with Nanacon written on. Did this make any sense to any of you? Well, what's funny is that it's not a very believable con, considering Zach Gibson's nana is the primary demographic of this television show. <laughs> so she'll, in fact, be watching it and realising, hang on, they've uh, played a trick on me. So that doesn't make any sense. But as, as, as Zach Gibson's grandma featured previously is my question. No, 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 no. So last week it was the Uber Eats. This week it was Nana. The whole thing is they're trying to make them look like scam artists who can like trick a referee, but we've seen them do it. So what so, you're telling me here is we've got another game for the preview next week. Yeah. The, what's the con? Yeah. Well, they'll think of a better name for it, obviously. Grizzled fun vets. <laughs> because that's, because that's what they love to do now. Yeah. Con. Oh, Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> we'll work something out. But yeah, I'm glad that that made no sense to you. So MSK are still on this journey. I forgot about the, the twig and the bus stop or whatever it was the other week. This time they're at the airport and they're trying to get some counterburn through security. And then it just gets scanned. And then an arrow, like something off one of our YouTube video comes up, just says, supplies. 
Um, so uh, one of them's got like a load of benefits and switches flights for some reason. I have no idea why. And then they land and just meet up again as if we're supposed to care that they've been separated on this flight. And at the baggage claim, uh, he says, oh, you won't believe what I sat next to on the flight. It's someone who knows the master, the master of tag teams, the, the shaman. And then they awkwardly work in the line, no more words, Hamflet. Hey, God, I mean, they're going to see Rob Van Dam, aren't they? Like, and he sat next to Jeff Hart. I, I love that. You made me laugh there as you were recapping it because you're exactly right as well. They desperately, whoever crafted this segment, desperately wanted us to find drama in the fact they couldn't sit together on a plane. <laughs> what was that? What was that? Like, I can't believe I can sit next to you. Like, uh, last week, I, I wish I could remember who this was, but somebody pointing this out. Like, I guess it's sweet when people want to do the law work on anything. It shows that there's a, like a, a tiny bit of investment, but apparently there was a sign last week. I can't remember the words, but let's just say it was like River Vale Drive. That was the street sign of where they were standing or something. So there was probably, as long as the Jeff Hardy link, there was probably another Rob Van Dam clue in this one. Um, who, who, who guessed it first? Uh, Cedric was in front of this. Yeah. And then I, I piggybacked that by suggesting that they're going to steal the pose and say MSK. And that's going to be added to their, you know, if they're not, if they're not just renamed the Doobie Brothers outright, that is. Um, Every match lasts four minutes and 20 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I just get to Rob Van Damme. Get to that point. Yeah. I think, I think the way they did it this week, they were like, we could have a street name. If you, what can we do this week? Have them smuggle weed on a plane? Yeah, that'll do. It's the uh, it's a tribute, of course, to the famous um, Sean William Scott and Ashton Kutcher film, Dude. It wasn't even my car. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right then, we got Zion Quinn and Andre Chase. Now, quick question regarding Zion Quinn. I saw like on it was on maybe on the maybe on Raw or something. As I was very much skimming that show because again, I didn't have to watch it for work. Is there what was the development last week with Zion Quinn and his dancing? Was there something? Six. <laughs> what six. Was this? Uh, Electra Lopez was wet for him. <laughs> right. Don't you think, Wilborn? I know what you're thinking. <laughs> just because it's just because they've got toxic attraction, it doesn't mean they can't book women to have other feelings, such as needing to be saved by a hot guy. <laughs> and digged. So, <laughs> so Andre Chase. Does all these Andre Chase things. He's great. Comes in, waves to his section, gets a tiny bit of offense in, maybe a running neck breaker on this occasion. Just gets battered then. Uh, Zion Quinn hits him with a jackhammer. One, two, three. But the key thing here is what happened post-match. Legado del Fantasma attacks Zion Quinn, specifically Joaquin Wilder and Raul Mendoza batter him. He's fighting them off around ringside when he suddenly gets attacked from behind by Santos Escobar. And then in comes Electra Lopez, which now makes a lot more sense and says, no one tells me no. And then he gets thrown backwards onto a metal ramp. Thoughts, Sige? I mean, it's a way to build a feud between Zion Quinn and Santos Escobar. And, and like, you know, you can see the various parents, like Gargano, Hayes, Breaker, Champa. Uh, so it's Escobar's job now to put Quinn over. And uh, he's a very synthetic project, Zion Quinn. He very much fits every single criteria they have of what stars should be, so much so that you never feel like they are. It's all very oppressive. Handsome guy, very tall. He can have fun out there. He's got a big cack. Obviously, he's got a big cack. All that big cacks. Yeah, I just got no emotional connection to any of this. Yeah, we are. We're getting to the Simpsons. When are we going to get to the poker showdown? So we'll quickly <laughs> rattle through before we get to Ocean's Eleven over here. Uh, we'll uh, rattle through what happened uh, with Raquel Gonzalez. She's interviewed and she uh, she said she hasn't. I'm not on a good night's sleeping bloody forever, me. Um, she says uh, being a champion's knackering, and uh, all it took was one shovel shot from Dakota Kai to take it all away from her. Kai's jealous because of her success and she could never beat her. But tonight, Raquel's going to beat the hell out of Kai. Better bring the shovel because you're going to need it, Hamlet. She did, didn't she? So she asked for that. 
I thought this was a terrible promo from a run that is going terribly, in truth. Um, whatever was the intent here, in, like to attempt to put over the title, she took all of this away from me. Did it not to use sound like she was whinged about having too much work on? Like she's kind of like, you have to carry it around fucking airports. You know, like if anything, Dakota Kai has relieved her of one of her duties. Like it came across really accidentally whingy. I was less invested in the match after this. What was what was worse for you, Sige? This promo or Dakota's where she had to, had to act crazy later on? Ah, Dakota's. I find it so cringeworthy. And at least Gonzalez is like, she's devolving into a caricature as most wrestlers on this brand do. But at least there's like, she's a strong badass. So let's give her like the iconography associated with strong badass characters, like a motorbike. It's pathetic. <laughs> One dimensional. It's just stupid WWE crap. The court card's worse because she's actually woefully miscast and it feels like a lost opportunity yet again to just leave and be a baby face in AEW. But then again, that's... I feel way more sorry for the likes of a Dakota Kai when I see their career in a Tony Storm drastically mishandled because at least if you're like a man or a tag team in WWE, there's always the thought of, oh, let's go to AEW. You become a star, like a Miro and you know, every other every other person, essentially. If you're like a woman in North American wrestling right now, you're kind of screwed. Uh, anyway. I'm afraid, I'm, a, I'm afraid, Michael, said you could be living in society. Yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> Who is the big man? <laughs> so we uh, we move on now to the live poker showdown. Anything I need to know before we head into this from last week? The f- rules of poker. Sorry, <laughs> Hamlet swearing too much on these podcasts. Sorry. Write them down. I didn't. I, Where was, was the gimmick? Fans? Where was the gimmick? It was a game of poker. <laughs> no, there was the line. Uh, it's my ring. It's my chips tonight. Kevin Grams, I'm going to make you my bitch. <laughs> oh, God. So, uh, Kevin Grimes, I'm too, I'm too drained to do the, the whole shtick. Uh, he says, he can see that uh, Duke Blaney Hudson's nervous, sweating like Shaq at the free throw line. What year is it? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, the chant, the crowd chant, you got played and they deal. Grimes has got a king and a three or something. Duke has got pocket fives, uh, lots of money, a bet. And uh, Grimes maybe has a shot at it, but it's like more than likely that Duke Bloody Hudson's going to win, tries to intimidate him. Grimes just keeps betting. The Eventually, everything's laid out and Duke Bloody Hudson's murdered him. I think Grimes has maybe got like a two pair or something. No, not even two pair, like a high card or something maybe. Regardless, Grimes says, you've got everything you need to be a big time player, but you always drop the ball. And now is your chance to show us how big your balls are. Uh, He goes all in uh, and Grimes Grimes says, you got got reasons, you got cantaloupes. What would you got down there in the Crowd chants raisins, uh, and Duke's suspicious. And he says, oh, you smiled the same way when you got that flush before when we played. Uh, and he, he says, oh, you're not going to get me again. So he folds, and uh, Grimes says, I didn't even know you could fold. Um, and uh, Grimes chucks his cards down, despite the fact he doesn't have to, to show that he just got completely bluffed. Uh, Grimes laughs, and you got played, chants happen. And then she bloody Hudson just attacks him and puts him through the poker table and then goes under the ring, pulls out a hammer and I think what's about to happen. And then he throws that away, gets some scissors and gives Grimes' uh, beard and hair a bit of a trim. Sige, what did you make of this segment? I mean, wasn't it Grayson Waller who told Cameron Grimes, you know, get a bit of a trim? Yeah. Yeah, you know, clean yourself up a bit. You might get your hole. So, is this connected to the love thing? Does the love thing still matter? What he's what's got no chest hair now, has he? He's shaved his like body hair. Have you noticed that? Has he? I wonder if that was like, I if that was like a little detail choice of Cameron Grimes attempting to 
like pay some heed to this. Like, you know, oh, all right, maybe I'll listen to him a little bit. And his eye was all like smooth instead of his scruffy chest hair. Naturally, I was lost watching this. Is bluffing frowned upon in poker? No. It's absolutely part of the game. And if anything, in poker, you don't tell somebody else like what your hand was that you won. Yeah, with. I thought it was integral to the poker face. Yeah. Yeah. So Duke Hudson is a heel hypocrite or whatever. He's never won the game that he's the master of. <laughs> Ever. I would like I would watch the World Series of Poker a lot more though. If someone got power bombed through the table every week. The, yes. I thought that the hair and beard bit has at least created something. Hair versus like they're, hair. they're gonna have a takeover match, and it's hair versus hair, or it's hair versus something else of Duke Hudson's. I, I don't know what. It's, it's not gonna be his poker career, is it? He's not got one. <laughs> rubbish. But like, it does feel as if like that was an attempt to put some more traditional pro wrestling stakes on the line for the actual match. Um, <laughs> that graphic. What a TNA flashback that was when that graphic of the rules came up and the font was really small. Because oh my so god, weird. it was like, like I was like, "Don't try and explain rules. poker now, guys. Come on, Jesus Ooh. Christ!" And then my, I, I think it's going to be like you remember the uh, Michelle McCall uh, Layla feud. They were like, "If I beat you, oh, we're going to have a fight at this pay per view, and the loser leaves." And then in post, they went the WWE. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're going to have that and it's going to be like Duke Blade Hudson saying I want to face you if I win I'm going to bloody shame your bald or whatever and if you win I'm going to retire from people that's what that's going to happen <laughs> basically anyway back to tag team action uh, and the tag team with the most heart came next it was uh, Kyle O'Reilly and uh, Van Wagner who's, who's a star on Smackdown now what? Yeah, he's uh, Pierce's bodyguard, it would appear to be. like. Well, he was incredibly charismatic from what I saw of him on SmackDown. Um, uh, and he says, uh, hey, well, it's Tuesday, it's time for us to go to work. And uh, yeah, Kyle O'Reilly did all the work and Von Wagner was the big, powerful man. That's what happened. Uh, and I'll tell you what I, I like in wrestling. Uh, it's not just bear hugs. It's continuous bear hugs exchanged between tag team partners. That really gets me going. That's what I want. Not MJF and Darby Allen or CM Punk and Eddie Kingston. Just a long old series of bear hugs. That's what happened. <laughs> O'Reilly eventually got out. Von Wagner came in and wrecked everyone. O'Reilly nailed Briggs on the floor and Wagner hit his finisher on. Uh, the other twat, uh, what's his name? Brooks Jensen uh, to win the match. Have I anything to say? Josh Briggs and Briggs Jossen are my least favourite 2.0 inventions. I cannot stand them, man. Um, but I, the Von Wagner Smackdown thing was key to all this, wasn't it? Because he did that little, there was that backstage thing with Kyle O'Reilly. He's like, what are you doing being uh, Adam Pearce's skivvy on Smackdown? And then you got Vic Joseph being like, they're going to have to put their differences aside. What, why? Why? <laughs> Just leave now, Kyle. Why? Like at any point, any of these wrestlers ask any questions about the lives they're leading. Like, why put the differences aside? Just don't work together anymore. Just have Kyle say to like, Von, look, thanks for buying me a bike. But I'm just more into CrossFit. Take it back. I'm not looking for a relationship right now. I'm just trying to work <laughs> on myself. Yeah. Match was boring. Um, the bear whole thing was a reach too far. Kyle O'Reilly <laughs> looks as sick of being <laughs> Kyle O'Reilly as I feel watching him. This is a great match, dot, 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 to review. Kyle <laughs> um, O'Reilly plays the face in peril. We are meant to receive Von Wagner as the big, tall, airport test-passing ass-kicker. And uh, that was the match. Move on. The only airport test is he's passing is the ability to land a plane on his forehead. So there <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, but on that plane, Will Bond, we're MSK sitting next to each other all. Oh, well, that's, uh, we've all, that's, the, that's the big hook. They should have said... Stick around. See, didn't get today. Sit next to each other. Who got the peanuts? Find out after this. The, the rule of comedy is you can't punch down. Dot dot dot. Unless it's really quite funny. Enough. <laughs> 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 you know, said the woman. It's not his fault. Did by the way to come completely off topic. Dave Mel- Dave Meltzer gave him five head. <laughs> From, uh, Alvarez on that subject goes in on him harder than any of us. Yeah, there you go. Did just to go off completely off topic. Did Aaliyah win her first match and then get removed from Survivor Series? Yeah, 
She uh, she spewed as well. <laughs> That's not nice. She was nervous. No, no, I felt really sorry for her. She like she was like she was sick on camera, and what? I have a worrying. I have a, yeah, yeah. So it was like, um, she, you know, won the match, celebrating everything, and then had that like, and like tried to sort of cover it up, and then she got taken out of the match. So cool. Oh my goodness. Anyway, right. Back on NXT, we are backstage. Uh, Indy Hartwell's concerned, obviously, about Dexter Loomis. He's going to have to go to a local medical facility. And uh, but she's got a tag match, and Persia Brock goes, Oh, don't worry, it's two jobbers, so I'll batter them. Uh, you go be there for your man. And then we get the bollocks with Lash Legend. I'm not talking about it again, no one cares. And uh, Persia Brock comes in and wrecks two people handily. Yeah, looked incredibly impressive here in terms of dominating, not necessarily. Uh, in-ring ability just yet in terms of the fact it was probably another two-minute match. I did like the double Samoan drop and then winning with an F5 and Robert Stone's scouting her, which makes sense because half of his stable's either left or been released, Hamlet. Yeah, like lowest bar for NXT to jump over here, but like a like relatively effective win for Persia Proctor and quite nicely arrived at with the Indy Hartwell wanting to go to the hospital with Dexter Lemus thing. Like, well, I, I just, I'm giving them credit for one thing linking to another. These should be the basics, but there's so little evidence of that being done well that I'm going to give them some credit for it. Where I won't give them credit is for the, the, the inclusion of Robert Stone here, right? Because you've got the commentators being made to be stupid, like, what's uh, Robert Stone doing out here? Well, we know, because he does this all the time. And if you purge your prot there, why on earth would you take that deal? Because he's never succeeded with anybody. Um, it, no wonder he's out there scouting, because he has to scout somebody different every week, because he fails every wrestler he goes with. Um, so that's all really thick, and it requires everybody to be thick to get over. But I, this was a, a... Like, they have a burial, like, of a couple of jobbers every week to try and get a new star over, and this was quite a neat way that they got to it for purge your prot. Um... That's generous in my opinion. Everyone is an idiot and that's the, that's <laughs> the least. It's generous in my opinion. <laughs> like, I, I put my right shoe on before I leave <laughs> the house. <laughs> that's like the right thing to do. Also the left. I put an, a storyline in place for someone. Nah, not having it. It's rubbish. Everyone's an idiot. It's time for otherwise correctly points out. Uh, Perotta looks significantly less green than some of the other women we've seen on NXT of late. I love that. It's basically I love that. You guys coming in, boss is going, hey, guys, where's where's all the work you were supposed to do today? And you go, hey, I found the office. What's what's your problem? <laughs> um, right, this was the uh, crazy promo uh, from Dakota Kai. Uh, she threatens to hit the interview with a shovel. <laughs> and then uh, she says, well, it's all started Halloween havoc. And then Mandy Rose comes in. And goes, yeah, but it all ends tonight. And Kai says, oh, you'd like that, wouldn't you, you bloody bitch? Awesome. Uh, but apparently they're friends now. And then grizzled young veterans come in and go, here's the tag titles. Someone else had them or something. What the, was this, Sidge? This is terrible. It's the best thing ever, though, isn't it? They've got, honestly, they've got one thing left. He's, uh, I try not to punch down anymore. Resolved. Not to dunk. Hey, Duncan. I'm over Duncan on Twitter. Right? <laughs> I'm over it. But it's so funny how they are literally at this point clinging to what is a rule-proven exception of how bad this company is. Well, there's, you know, there's an exception that proves the rule out this company's rubbish. When <laughs> rains, guys. <laughs> literally, WWE, the broken clock, is at this point right once a day. <laughs> I'll tweet um, lots of a tweet. I'd love your uh, thoughts on what came before the uh, Brom break Tommaso Ciampa face-off, which was a video package of Casey Catanzaro and Kate Gar loving to go to music festivals. They're going to bring the party oh. to NXT. So last week, this is something you missed. They entered through the crowd um, and it took them about an hour to get there because they were doing one of those TikTok dances where you don't really move forward. You just stay oh. on the spot. So they were like having to do the dance on the spot in sequence with one another, but then walk forward at the same time. So it took them absolutely ages to get there. And I even think on the review, I said to Cedric, like, look, that's, I'm a 36 year old man. That's not for me, but TikTok's for a lot of people. So fine. Like this is them, something they enjoy doing. And they're like, it's giving them a, a bit of reality. And then they NXT it in a week because they completely over-egged it within one segment. I like going to watch live music. I would hate these two. 
And by the virtue of this vignette, I'm supposed to relate to them. They would be the people I would move to the other side of the uh, the gig from if I saw them there. Uh, right, let's talk about this face-off. Tommaso Ciampa had cut a promo earlier, being like, I'm a grumpy old bastard. And uh, then when actually I'm going to be a grumpy old bastard in front of people this time. Hoys the chair against the wall. Comes out and he says, oh, I mean, come on, I just need to vent, guys. Uh, there's people in the in the back, like Carmelo Hayes, who thinks he's actually holding on to the A title. Uh, but let's, let's be honest, he's not going to take a shot at me because he's going to miss. Then there's the... <clears throat> Bitch ass, Grayson Waller. Talking about guys of his generation went around the country for a hot dog and a handshake. Who told me something's wrong with that? Well, you could do what you could do with your hot dog. You could shove it right up your way. You, uh, then he says, oh, let's not forget about Tony. But before he can do anything, here comes Ron. <coughs> oh, sorry. Breaker. Uh, uh, he says, you're calling out guys who've done the same thing you did to make it to the top uh, and it just pisses you off because there's these new guys around here this i don't know new breed you might say uh, uh just uh, doing the rounds a new blood potentially uh, taking over some might say i'm gonna run through you i'm gonna take the championship and champ says uh oh well why don't we uh play some footage from halloween havoc in case people have got a memory loss and can't remember what happened three weeks ago halloween havoc so they recapped it and he says well, there you go. One, two, three. I'm no math major. And by the sounds of it, you aren't either. The way I see it, you've got less than a 33 and a third percent because he's a Steiner, but we can't say that. Chance of ever taking the NXT title from him. Uh, you're just a, a puppy. Sharp A puppy, some might say. Uh, and I'm the NXT champion. And he walks out and Bron Breaker looks at him. And that was it, Sage. Yeah, didn't really say anything new about this story. This felt like, how do we get these two guys on the show? Uh, a waste of time, in my book. A complete waste of time. And it's one of those where it's like, I can't believe in Bron Breaker's belief. It's an awkward way of putting it, but you know what I mean. He's not convincing um, because he's lost clean in the middle and he hasn't done anything except win a squash match against, was it Andre Chase or something? Yeah. Subsequent to that. So he's not gone on some... Um, renewed character development where he starts to really impress in matches against scalps and then he can say it again. He's lost clean in the middle, beat somebody everyone else beats and he's saying everything with the same confidence and register and I'm just thinking let's get to the match or build something thinking, different. I was just thinking why oh why haven't they given him a talk show called Icebreakers with Brom Breaker because that is a way to get him and Tommaso Ciampa back in a ring and he can come in and say Tommaso how much does a polar bear weigh? <laughs> I don't know, but uh, it's enough to break the ice. <laughs> you, you've gone. Why has everyone lost it in this company? <laughs> you've gone for Will Bond's world. It's uh, the, it's you know, what, I, place at the minute. I, I, I like that. Um, Champa going at the trouble of knocking together a video package on Adobe Premiere was worth his while. He's probably been waiting for weeks to use that. He's had that with the video production truck for weeks. It's like, thank God, I've finally been interrupted. That I can say, play the footage in my match, play the footage in my win. And have you noticed the Natalia energy in Bron Breaker, where they can't mention his dad, so they mention his uncle quite a lot. Like, they <laughs> like, like when it came to like Natalia, it was always like, we got any gym stuff now? We'll just wait until he dies and print him on the table. Just do Brett stuff. Like that's happening with that's happening with the Steiner brothers yeah. and Bron Breaker. We keep going to Scott stuff. Like they're not going to let him wear the headset or throw some Steiner lines or something like that. Just to, he's his dad. Ridiculous. Um, run through the matches for next week, including Tommaso Ciampa and Grayson Waller and the uh, triple threat for, match for the North American Championship. And we see an Olympic gold medalist in the crowd watching the show. All of them. Uh, and then we got Dakota Kai versus Raquel Gonzalez. There was some nice bits in this. There was a bit where she sort of caught her in when she was trying to do that scorpion kick and put her in a stretch muffler and then just hoid her about a bit. I did like that. Um, but it's, again, I'm getting to the point now where I almost flat out refuse to review these matches because there's no point because it ended in a DQ. Look, Gonzalez battered Kai for the most part. Um, lots of power moves. Then she posts herself to allow Kai to take over as we go into a break. Um, again, Gonzalez starts fighting back when we come back from it. And uh, she's been dragged 
She's in the corner, and then she gets wrenched out of the corner. She removes the turnbuckle pad, and then as Gonzalez is trying to suplex her, uh, Dakota Kai into that, Kai reverses it, and Gonzalez gets sent into the exposed turnbuckle. So uh, Kai, I assume, is going to hit a finish and win through this. But no, she goes out of the ring and brings a shovel, to which Gonzalez grabs it back, looks like she's going to use it, and then Toxic Attraction attack, DQ, um, uh, the heels batter Gonzalez, Cora Jade runs down, doesn't skate down because she can't skate, uh, but she's brought a skateboard with her and uh, she tries to help out, but the numbers game catches up to her, of course. Zoe Stark comes out with a, a leg all, you know, mangled and uh, got the protection and the brace and stuff on it. But she reveals that Io Shirai is there and she hands Shirai her crutch to help Shirai clear the ring. And then Io Shirai gets on the mic to yell, Morgan's! Uh, in uh, to set up the pay-per-view one would assume pamphlet. I mean, we kind of dreaded this and ran from it, but it happened all the same. Um, this lot are going in war games. This post-match brawl, uh, you're right about the match, by the way. It, like, there's a good reason that being the DQ finish and not talk about it, but I, like the match went nowhere. This was a like a nothing happening blood feud payoff, which revealed if the interviews hadn't already where this was destined to go, I thought there was hardly anything to grab from this match whatsoever. Um, like Dakota Kai took a couple of decent bumps to the floor to like sell the strength of Raquel Gonzalez, but nothing that we haven't kind of seen from her before, from either of those actually. Um, I really, really disappointing match, but then I can see why they wouldn't want to go full ball for it because they knew what this finish was going to be. The brawl, the brawl was somehow them trying to like really put their energy to it and make it look real and yet felt lethargic at the same time because now it felt like it was connecting. Everything was really sloppy because half of them are green. So what you do with that, you put them in one of the most dangerous matches you possibly can. And it's not like that hasn't gone wrong in the last month, that strategy. And they're, they're doing it again. Um, if you want to dig into the details of it, did was it not last week that Toxic... You weren't watching Wilborn, sorry, but last week, Sidgwick, that Toxic Attraction won the six-person match. And then the week before, or the two weeks earlier, Toxic Attraction won the tag belts. So they've done it. They've done every sort of combination win at this point. And it's like, we need to do this again, but in a cage. This time we'll get you. Like, that's that's the baby faces saying that to the heels. Um, the whole thing was a complete marriage of convenience. And it's not even that, because these half of these wrestlers, I don't want to see them fight in this cage much. I want them to get better and be able to wrestle safely. And, like, and that's not safety police stuff. It's a match I don't want to watch because of how potentially green they'll all be in it. It's not watching a master like Tetsuya Naito take a bump on his neck when he knows how to land. Like, mm -hmm. these are barely trained rookies in a system that's revealed itself to be broken. So how much would it matter if they've got six months? Like, it's not the best training system. Um, what were you going to say, Will? Bob? I was literally going to say, like, War Games is always exciting, but it is tinged with more fear than ever with these potential people in it uh, because of exactly what Hamlet said there. JC Jane and Cora Jade in a War Games match. Like, this might be the ticket I need to stop covering WWE and just do on DW full time because they are liable for something, like something bad could happen. Genuinely. Uh, the match monologues. I must have a story screamed in my face. Thank you, Raquel Gonzalez. This is all a little bit, uh, it's not my speed, this. Sort of challenging for me. So I needed to be monologued in my face. So thanks for that. That is company. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> well, join us next week for the NXT preview with lots of games to try and uh, lift ourselves out of this funk. But let us know your thoughts uh, on NXT Super oh. on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Watch, they can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamlet at Michael Hamlet. Follow Michael Sidgwick at M Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE. And make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts. Of course, uh, we'll be back later on today with our AEW Dynamite preview. And don't forget, today is your last chance if you are a listener here in the UK to get your hands on the Survivor Beeries box, a whole bunch of delicious craft beers for Survivor Series from our friends at Top Rope Brewing. And if you enter the code, here's why at checkout, 
you'll get free delivery as well. So go and search that one out because it's delicious craft beers, 45 quid, absolute bargain for that. But anyway, we'll be back later with the AW Dynamite preview. My thanks to the Dadley Boys. This has been the NXT 2.0 review. Thank you for joining us and we will see you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.